What is going on, everybody? And welcome to Cold Front Daily. There's been some issues going on. Cold Front Daily will stay on this platform. This is where you get your latest Bills news, draft coverage, positional groups, anything Bills related. I am your man for the job. We also cover league-wide news here at Cold Front Daily. Please welcome newest Cold Front member to the show, Mr. Mike Schimbersky. Mike, thanks for joining me. Oh, yeah. Uh, pleasure as always. Let's get this going, my friend. So Brady's in the news. And uh, for once, it's not a, uh, a positive. Usually, you know, Tom Brady's all about the positivity and promoting or, you know, he's at a little back and forw with Mahomes. Yep. Wiggles his pinky not, just right about the jersey numbers. And he, he put out um, a quote, Mike, and I don't know if you were able to see it, but it said, um, "Why even have jersey numbers? Why not just have them wear all the same color jerseys?" <laughs> and like, I think he really, he really feels attacked by this, and I don't understand because. If you're a corner and you wear, let's say, the number 11 instead of 24, who cares? You're still a corner. We can still see what position you're playing. What are your thoughts on this whole jersey number change? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter to me much. I think that uh, if the player wants to – if they want to wear a certain number, they can. I don't think it matters too much to – it has no regard to what position someone plays or – or obviously it doesn't change anything about the game, really. Uh, it, it might be weird to see at first because we're so used to how numbers are set up now. But, yeah, honestly, if, if the player wants to wear, you know, their college number or whatever number they grew up wearing and, and they're able to, I mean, I don't see a big problem with it, honestly. What about for the fans? who have the jerseys. That's the only thing that I think I find an issue with. I mean, you, you know, a lot of people spend money on, on their favorite player. And buy bucks their for those jerseys. I guarantee they do not, they do not cost that much to make, but they're a hundred no, bucks. Per no, jersey. they don't. The, the markup on them are, are ridiculous to begin with. And then, you know, people are buying these jerseys because that's their favorite player. And then, you know, they go and change their number on them. I, I feel like it, as a fan, I mean, I have my own jerseys and I'd, I'd be frustrated if, if one of the players changed their number. Oh, like look at Beasley changing from 10 to 10 to 11. <laughs> I mean, all the, all the people with 10, the number 10 Beasley jerseys probably aren't too happy. And that was just a season ago. So, um, it's just kind of that frustration. I mean, I do understand from a player's, uh, perspective though of wanting to stay with your you know the number you, you are attached to because I my number was 25 and I and I always like I wore it every year at the end of the day uh it's not really going to matter too much to the game of football so that no that's what that's what really matters for for everybody involved let's stay let's stick in the AFC East Mike the Jets head coach came out with a quote and it's an inter- interesting one for sure it says there's no pressure on me, referring to himself, uh, building around a rookie quarterback. Now, let's be clear. The last time the Jets had any playoff success was with the Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, back in 2010, 2011. They, almost sniffed, coach. they almost sniffed the playoffs with Fitzpatrick. Of course, the Bills beat him in week 17 and knocked <laughs> him out of the running. Um I think there's definitely pressure around him building a rookie quarterback, especially in a market like New York, which isn't New York, but we'll call it that. 
What are your thoughts? Another day. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Oh, I, I think that with any, it doesn't matter whether it's New York or any, any franchise you're bringing in a, a, a new coach and, and bringing in a rookie quarterback. There is a lot of pressure. I mean, how long is your leash, you know? So I think there, it becomes, it gets shorter and shorter every year for these guys every year. So they might have this year, you get this year to really see, you know, uh, what you have. And then the, bet, the next two years better be better than, than the first. Or you're, you're really looking at almost three seasons, if that, and out if you don't make something happen with, with your new quarterback and, and your new coaching staff. That was a great I, I, give it three, I give it three seasons if, they don't, if they're not productive. That's a great way to put it because – they haven't been competitive in the AFC East for a very long time, kind of like how the Bills were for a while. But, you know, sooner or later, you got to hit on somebody, right? I mean, they, they yeah. had, they've had good coaches. They've had okay teams. It just never seems to work. They had Todd Bowles, for, for goodness sake, and look at him. He goes on to Tampa Bay to win a Super Bowl. So Yeah, yeah I, I mean – and so I, I, you also, that makes you wonder, you know, like how much is getting put into making the, the, the roster good enough to be competitive? You know, I, that's, that's the biggest thing. Cause clearly it wasn't the coaching cause he moves on that uh, Todd goes to, to Tampa, just like you said, and wins the Super Bowl. So. Good point, Mike. There's a lot of um, quarterbacks. There's a lot to be said there. Yeah, of course there is. There's a lot of quarterback talk going on, especially with the draft coming. And um, one of those teams that we don't know what's going on is Denver. I, I would say Atlanta's one of them, too, because they're a pick four, but we'll go into Atlanta at a different time. Denver's in the news for apparently Teddy Bridgewater. So when Carolina traded for Sam Darnold, they allowed Bridgewater to go and look for a team that would be interested in acquiring him. And apparently that's Denver. What are your thoughts on that, Mike? They – I think that's what is going to happen. I think during the draft, they're going to make some sort of trade to acquire Bridgewater. And that might deter them from taking a quarterback in the draft. So maybe they don't, maybe they don't go quarterback with their pick wherever they end up moving to, obviously, because they're going to have to trade. Yeah. Um, so I think they're, they might be, they might be banking on setting some competition with Drew Locke there with, with bringing Bridgewater in instead of a rookie quarterback. And that's the real problem for Denver is they sit at nine and quarterbacks projected one quarterbacks projected two quarterbacks projected three. How many other quarterbacks are going to go in the, in the top eight before you get there? Right. Everybody might be off the board. So the, the move makes sense. It makes a lot more sense when you, when you start breaking it down, it's like, that's actually, that might be their best option is to trade for Bridgewater. He's, he's a starting caliber quarterback. I think if you put enough talent around him, he can, he can win games for you. I mean, last, last year he had 3,700 yards, 15 touchdowns, 11 picks in 15 games. It's not great, but with what he was working with in Carolina, who really don't have that many weapons outside of Christian McCaffrey, who was playing hurt or not playing at all last year, um, yeah, I think he's still a starting caliber quarterback, and I think it will be good competition. Sometimes you bring these guys in, and it really lights a fire under somebody like Drew Locke, and then he goes off, you know, has a great year. And they, they have no excuses. 
because Denver does have the weapons. They have Jerry Judy. They have Cortland Sutton. They have weapons in place. So I think it's really up to the quarterback in Denver. And not that it's going to be easy because you got Kansas City to worry about in that division. I, I think if Bridgewater gets brought in, uh, you're going to see kind of what you see a lot of times where you almost get to see both quarterbacks play at some point in, in the season. Okay. I think you're going you to see. You don't trust either of them to win the battle at the start? Not, not hands down. No, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think right off the bat. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think coming on a training, I think coming on training camp, maybe they will let Drew Locke still hold on to his position. But I mean, other than that, I think to figure out what, who works best with the offense, I think a lot of what a lot of teams end up doing, which I don't actually agree with. Cause I think it kind of, you kind of yeah, messes with the cut, start this roller coaster, and then you, you're, yeah, and then you're almost like then the the media starts asking, well, who's starting next week, you know, and then you always have that question. So, I I do think that you're going to see both quarterbacks play this year in Denver if Bridgewater does get brought in. So there have been some signings across the league. Of course, it's still technically free agency. Um, Seattle's backup quarterback Geno Smith resigns with the team. Um, he's been there for a couple of seasons now, so I think it makes sense. You know, he, he's not a starting caliber quarterback anymore. I don't know if he not, ever was. Not at all. But, you know, he stays in Seattle. Uh, Tennessee agrees with uh, linebacker B.J. Bellow, defensive lineman Bruce Hector, defensive lineman Woodrow Hamilton, and defensive back Chris Jones. None of those names have any importance to me. Do you recognize any of those names, Mike? I think Chris Jones – I no, honestly, he's the only one the that jumps out. Not the defensive line, Chris Jones. He's still in Kansas City. This is a defensive back. Oh, I thought you said defensive line, Chris Jones. <laughs> he's still in Kansas City. That would have been, so, that yeah. been a lot bigger news, honestly. Yep, yeah, all, these, all these signings are probably for backup positions or camp bodies or something along those lines, filling your roster. Again, there's really nobody left after Clowney went and signed with the Browns. There's... I mean, yeah, I mean, the, that's the best. That was Antonio the best Brown. So, and <laughs> yeah. he, of course, just uh, had some news yesterday that he was cleared in a uh, sexual assault with a former trainer of his. Uh, he's still out there. Apparently, he's asking for a lot of money. Him being 32 years old, we're, we're not sure where he's going to get it. You would think that that's got to be with a worse team, right, Mike? Somebody who, who needs some yeah. power? Someone, someone who needs, someone who needs uh, a vast improvement in their receiving core, and you know he can come in and be wide receiver number one right right away. I, you know, I think he can help a team, but I, I don't think he's the number one wideout anymore. I don't think that he has as as much of a step as he did before. So like, I, I, you can kind of see it. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player. He, he's still a good football player, but I just don't think he's going to come into a new team and then just light it on fire like he would before. And so I do think he, he might end up going to a, a weaker wide receiving core uh, on a team that needs it for more money though. I mean, that's. Well, why would you do that at this point in your career? You're 32 years old. You just won the Super Bowl after some tough years in Pittsburgh where you weren't even able to make the playoffs. What's going through this man's head? I, I don't know. Honestly, he's the hardest guy to read because you just never know what he's going to do. 
and he's very unpredictable. Uh, you would think you'd stay with the team that just got you a Super Bowl. I mean, if that, if that was if it was my decision to make, uh, you know, we don't know his circumstances, but if that was my decision to make, I would be on a team. I would stay with the team that won won a Super Bowl that I just won a Super Bowl on. Uh, that's the, I, it, it's a head scratcher, honestly. And you got to remember when when he was blackballed by the league after his stuff with the Raiders happened, the player who pushed for him to be signed was Tom Brady. Of the New England really? Patriots, of course, he went to the Patriots for a game. I think he had three touchdowns in that one game that he played with them. And then he had more legal trouble, and he, he left again. And then Brady he, he, brought he, him he, back into the league. So he's kind of glued with Brady. So the fact that he didn't just say yes when Tampa Bay offered him a contract really surprises me. He agreed, because, I mean, you got your quarterbacks in your corner. You know, you know he's, he's saying – this guy can play, and it's Tom Brady, so his work carries his work carries a lot of weight in in the organization. So they're like, okay, we'll bring him in. And so I, I know I don't understand why you walk away from an organization organization that wants you is in contention probably to try to make another run at the Super Bowl, and why why try to test the market after that? I mean, I guess maybe. It, it it only comes down to money to me. I there's the only that's the only thing that that jumps out at me is because like why turn that down? I mean they must not have given him the contract he wanted, and so now he's going to try to find it elsewhere. All right, Mike. It is of course draft time. The draft is next Thursday, April 29. Um, I know what position you want. I don't know what player you want. So Mike I mean, wants a cornerback at, at pick number 30. Give me some players that you think would really help the Bills in the first round at pick 30? Um, well, so I would like, I would like a corner, uh, but something that we had talked about uh, off, off camera. And that was, that was, I think yesterday you and I were discussing some things and I, I think I, I really want to have a, a, a top caliber tight end. Okay. So you're looking at a Pat Fryer myth. From, uh, yeah, yeah, Pat, yeah. I was gonna say that was the first one that came to mind. Sorry, well, because obviously uh, Pitts is gone. I mean, yep. like at the if, very if beginning Pitts of the falls day. past ten, I'm okay with the trade up if that if that scenario ever happens. Right. <laughs> so if if we're in the market for a corner and all the corners are on the board, are you looking at Asante Samuel Jr.? Are you looking at Caleb Farley? What what are you looking for at pick thirty? Well, so, um, I mean, I'm probably going to get a lot of kickback on this, but I, I really liked uh, Eric Stokes. Okay. Uh, he, Tell us what about so, Well, you got to, like, for me, I liked his, like, his film, honestly, because like, that's really where, really where I uh, spend my time if I'm looking at a, at a college player. Uh, I don't really go off of, t- like, off of, like, their, their height too much. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we do have some short guys, though, so it, it probably would help if we went with someone that had some height. But with, with what I see from him, I think he fits our scheme. Uh, he, he did he does well when it, when it comes to, like, zone, uh, being, a, being a zone corner. What you don't need, you don't need some, like, I think he fits our scheme well because what I'm trying to say is with Trey White, in my opinion, Trey White isn't 
that much of a lockdown corner as he is such a scheme fit for, for us. And so he does so well at his job because – Well, it's because, see, because we play zone, like you mentioned. The Bills – Exactly, and I think – percent zone coverage, I believe. Right, and I think, I think that's what – I think that's what this guy brings. He could almost do the exact same thing on the other side. I mean, maybe with some work. Obviously, he's going to be a rookie coming in fresh, but – Cornerback is one of the hardest positions to play in, in your rookie year. It's, it really reminds me of the quarterback position with how many things you need to know and the talent that you go after every single week in the NFL at receiver is just insane. How do you cover those guys? Well, well right, exactly. And, and that's, that's another thing, too, is like uh, it, you're going to want to make sure that they have the, the speed – to 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 be there so definitely like it obviously they're 40 time four four or i mean if if you're gonna go slower again hopefully you have a zone a zone scheme because if you're asking a, a guy that doesn't run that fast of a 40 time to to play man coverage he's gonna get burned you also got to remember mike 40 time and time with the football is, is two different things some people look fast and some people play fast so sometimes that 40 time I, can I, really can really get you yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think there's a – I call it being football fast. There's a, a, there's a whole different thing about just being able to sprint quickly in a straight line and then being able to actually hustle on the field, like get to the ball. That's, that is a whole different – honestly, it's a whole different trait to have in a player. So the, the player you mentioned there, is he projected to go in the first round? I, I believe so. Uh, I was just kind of, so here's, here's where I, here's where I kind of, I, it's, it's a fault to my own. Uh, I kind of just start digging into players and I watch their, their film. I should probably see where their projections are a little bit, but he, I was impressed with them. I wouldn't be mad if we grabbed them gotcha. in the first round. Well, that sounds great, Mike. Uh, that's all the time we have for today, guys. This is cold front daily. Be sure to check out the Cold Front Report on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. They're always doing some great stuff, great articles on the website, coldfrontreport.com. If you'd like to find me on Twitter, you can do that at the real Dan Kelly. That's at the real Dan Kelly. Mike, I know you're working on the article for them, and hit them with your Twitter, please. Yes, uh, my Twitter is Mike Shimbersky at M-I-K-O-L-2531. And what are you working on with the Cold Front Report right now? At the Cold Front Report, I'm working on an article right now where with the moves that the Dolphins are making and the Patriots on, on, in free agency, and obviously we've got the draft coming up. Uh, the, the only thing that I worry about is, yes, if you ask anyone right now, the, the Bills are going to win the AFC East again this season, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as last season was. I think that it, with all the changes that the teams are making in the AFC East right now, it might be a closer race than we expect. And so I just have think that angry Bills fans at your door bringing tables. If you're right. going to say that we're not going to run the table again, man, six to zero last year in the division. Just read the article. I even mentioned that I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to still steer up Bills Mafia. I, I, I'm with you. I agree that we're going to run the table, but just be careful. Some of the moves that the that the teams are making in our division, specifically the Patriots, and then that Dolphins team won ten games in a row. At, or I mean, not in a row, but they won ten games last season. That very quietly, 
you know, and if they, so if they improve just slightly, we might be visiting them too in the playoffs. All right, Mike. Well, thanks for that. Thanks everybody for listening in. I'll be speaking to you tomorrow. This is Cold Front Daily. Peace out, everybody.